Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. All right. Thank you, Pastor. Wow. That was awesome. Gosh. I don't know. I just feel something. Uh, I don't know. I just got a hold of me a little bit. I apologize. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to. I'm trying. Ooh, something's happening. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. (laughs) Oh, man, that was good. That was really good. (laughs) Woo! All right, well, sit down. Praise God. Forget everything. (laughs) Let's just get right into the Bible here. Amen. Uh, Praise the Lord. Okay. So turn there to Hebrews 5, verse 12, and let's keep flowing here. Praise the Lord. We are talking about the Bible, and we're talking about the importance of the Bible in your life. And the devil wants to steal the Bible from you. He doesn't want you to read it or study it or delve into it, or discover its secrets. He wants you to get discouraged about it. He wants you to stay away from it. He wants you to get addicted to every other kind of entertainment and every other kind of book, but not the Bible. Because the Bible contains the brain of God. And so the Bible is the womb of heaven, and there is where... All the eternal things are born right in that Bible. If you're going to have anything divine to your life, it's going to come from your time in the Bible. Anything about you that becomes supernatural will be the outcome of your time alone with the Word of God. Jesus had the Bible memorized, and so when he spoke to the devil, he used the Bible. There's a lot of power about this. And on Wednesday, I'll, to, I'll, I'll show you how to have a relationship with it so that it becomes a living thing. And uh, today we covered a lot of different things, but we also covered uh, how dangerous it is not to have a relationship with your Bible because your Bible will lock up on you. It'll lock, and then it won't speak to you. And, or you read the Bible, and, and God's face becomes twisted because you're not reading the Bible from revelation. The Bible cannot be read just as literature. It has to be read as the active voice of God on pages speaking out to you. So when you approach the Bible, you can't just throw it on the ground or throw it somewhere or just leave it somewhere because it is the living word of God. It's not a dead thing. It's an alive thing. And If you know how to activate the Bible, then you change your circumstances. You can even change nature with it. You can change the laws of nature with it. You can change your personal life. Your future can be totally changed. The Bible itself, in the powers that it contains, can go into your past and heal all the damage of all those years with one entrance of the Word of God into your past. It can totally heal all the pain of your past, all the hurts of your past, all the woundedness of your past, and can actually totally recreate your personality 
And when you get enough of the word of God inside of you, it begins to drive the witchcraft out of your personality for those of you that have it in there. And, you know, you meet people all the time with witchcraft in their personality. They're dominating, they're controlling, they're confrontational, they're manipulative, they're oversensitive, they're, they're easily offended, they're, they've got a chip on their shoulder, they look down at you, they look up at you. There's a lot of witchcraft in there, and the Word of God goes in and, and it drives the witchcraft out where you're harmless to people and you no longer terrify people or intimidate people or blackmail people or emotionally manipulate people or do any of those kinds of things. You don't use your body and gestures of your body to control people. You don't use your personality. You don't use the Bible. You don't use, uh, you know, words to do that because the Word of God cleanses you, it purifies you once it is alive, when it's being read. And if it's not alive, then you're in danger of waking up, believing a lie about God and believing a lie about yourself and believing a lie about your future. So it's really, really important that you have a relationship with it and that you reactivate your relationship with God. My first suggestion is get a Bible that matches your brain language. You don't speak King James. Why are you reading that? You don't even know what some of those words mean. You need a Bible that speaks the language of your brain so you don't have to go and have a dictionary next to you in order to find out what, what, what is lasciviousness. Well, there's a Bible that will actually just say what it is. So you have to start there, and as you go on things may change. But remember, all of us, all of you, everybody that's called to be a Christian from a little child, because in the Bible, remember that God told the children of Israel, write these things on the tablets of your children's heart. Write it on the tablets of their mind. Write it on the wall. Write it on the doors. Write it on the bedpost. Write it in the kitchen. Write it everywhere, because a wordless Christian is a defeated Christian. Anyone that does not have the word of God abiding in them is a sinful Christian. Just like the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So there's something about the word of God that when you get it inside, it stops your ability to commit the sins that come upon you so easily and naturally. Praise the Lord. Because as you know, some sins are very natural to you. You're just born doing them. You're like, it comes like without even thinking. Because that's the sins of your iniquity or your DNA. They're passed down to you from your dad and mom and grandparents and great-grandparents. And sometimes you may get some tendencies of your natural flesh from three or four generations. I mean, serial killers, all kinds of stuff. And you can have these impulses and desires and you don't know where they're coming from. But it's the word of God that rewrites your DNA. And you want that to happen. Otherwise, you're just going to repeat the failures of your family tree. They're alcoholics. Now you're an alcoholic. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, I am my mother? I am my father? Because you realize your DNA has taken over. You're just acting like them because you have not yet recalibrated yourself 
with the Word of God dwelling on the inside of you. Praise God. Put your arms around somebody, if you would. Look at them sincerely and say, you truly have lost weight. You truly, <laughs> truly have lost weight. It is so easy for me to hug you right now. So easy. Boom. So let me also suggest to you to start bringing a Bible to church and either bring it in the form of your phone and be ready to write down what God says. One of the greatest sins you can commit as a Christian is the sin of taking the Holy Spirit for granted. Actually believing that you have the brain to remember what God tells you over an hour period of talking three times a week. And you are responsible for your own spiritual health. You're responsible for that health. And in order for that health to remain strong, you've got to have the Word of God inside you and teach that to your children right away. Get them ministering the Word of God in your home. Get them preaching out of the Bible to the family and make it a continual thing every week. Get your children say, okay, what are you going to preach this morning? I'm going to preach out of this. That's what your children need to do. I got a five-minute message on this. Boom. I got a 10-minute. Boom. I got 15-minute. Boom. I got 20-minute. Boom. I got an hour. Boom. I got two hours. Hold on. Hold on. That's what you want. You don't want the other kind of child that's addicted to video games for days and days and days and days. They can't even, they can't even have peace if they don't play their video games. Now you are discipling an addict. See, I didn't feel the love on that, so I'm going right over here. I want to talk to myself. Praise God. Way to go, Ivan. That was awesome, the whole thing. That was fantastic video game, the whole thing. Remember where you're at. You're in Hawaii. They're packing. Be careful. Praise the Lord. Okay. So let's keep going. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for somebody to teach you. The elementary principles of the oracles of God or the word of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he's an infant. But solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. So. Here's, here's the process for you. The Word of God is in types. Each type gives you a lesson about your growth and the path you've got to take. If, for example, you go to school but skip first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade, and start in seventh grade, and they start teaching you there all types of math issues that you have not gone over, then you are going to fail because you don't know because you didn't learn first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade information. And it's the same way now as a Christian. You think you're going to know how to deal with demons that are high-level demons when you haven't even dealt with a headache yet. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You've got to understand that this is a maturity process. Only the Word of God can make you, listen to my words, only the Word of God can make you divinely intelligent. 
And there is a big difference between being naturally intelligent, which is the ability to recall information and write it down on paper. Divine information is the ability to access the brain of God, the perspective of God, the perception of God, the conclusion of God, and speak that out of your mouth to somebody and then live it in your own life and get the blessings from divine intelligence. The Word of God is the brain of God, so it's divine intelligence. What the world is missing is not natural intelligence. We are missing divine intelligence. That's what we're missing. As a wife, you have to have divine intelligence to get along with your husband. Only God can give it to you when you're reading the Bible. He will give you that. He'll teach you how to get along with your husband. Praise the Lord. He'll teach you how to get along with your wife. He'll give you divine intelligence. For example... Let's say that you are a procrastinator and your wife is a, per, a perfectionist. This is the recipe for insanity in a marriage. Because the wife wants everything perfect, but nothing is ever good enough that you do. The husband promises to do everything, but never does anything. So everybody's going crazy. So divine intelligence from reading the Bible and having a relationship with it enters your mind. And it tells you as a husband, your wife can only be made happy and can only feel loved if you do work when you come home. She doesn't care what you say to her. I love you, baby. Oh, baby, you look so beautiful. Dunny Harlan. Mm-hmm. Boop. Ah. Ah. Oh, I love you. Run, run, run. No, no, no. Come home. Take out the trash. Vacuum. Change the poopy diapers. Paint everything. Work on the yard. Mow the lawn. Wash the cars. Clean everything. Don't ask her. Don't ask her what to do. No, 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 no. Because then it means nothing. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to premeditate all this. Because it means nothing if she's got to tell you. If she's got to tell you, you're just another child that she's got to take care of. You're just another baby whose diaper she's got to change, baby. you got to get it together. And I need some divine intelligence with this woman. That's how it works. I need some divine intelligence. So you premeditate everything. You get there and say, I got a full day, babe. You got a full day? What are you doing? Well, I'm going to go take the car. I'm going to clean the car. I'm going to clean the car. I'm, I'm going to go uh, take care of all the uh, flower beds. I'm going to cut the yard over there. Then I got to paint this over here. I got to change this. I got to fix the tire. Yeah, I got to change the tire. Some car. I got to do I gotta, I, oh, Then I, then I got to sweep the whole house. Then I got to do Oh, wow. Oh, well, I'll help you. I'll help you. My God. I, I don't want you to do it all that by yourself. Well, that's all right. I'll do it. No, no, no. I don't want you doing it by yourself. Oh, okay. All right. You help. How about you take half and I take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take that half. I'll take this half. Praise God. Oh, I love you. <laughs> because you understand. Now, this is divine intelligence. This is divine intelligence. It comes from the Bible. You either have it or you don't. Doing the same stupid thing over and over is not intelligent. Offending each other in the same way over and over again is not intelligent. 
25 years of being told to change the toilet paper is not intelligent behavior. It does not come from the Holy Spirit. Changing your diapers, changing your underwear is very important. Every single day, you got to change those underwear, brother. You got to change them. And you got to leave them in a place where she can find them and she can see them. And say, look at that, clean, clean. That's what I'm talking about. Put it in there. A new pair every day. That's what a man of God does. He doesn't wear the same pair more than one day. He can't just wear How long you been? One week. I've been one. Well, no. There's no divine intelligence in it. Remember that when a man gets embarrassed, he will lie. He will lie. And so will women. So will women. I was driving four famous pastors, ministers' wives. Famous. All four of you would know instant. Famous. And I had to take them back to the hotel. And I was one of the speakers. So I'm driving them back, and somebody's having gas. And I know it's not me. Because when I have gas, I announce that I have gas. I tell the whole place, listen, I have gas right now. Roll down your windows. I have enough respect for you to tell you that I've got gas. When I'm at home and I've got gas, I tell my wife, I can't sleep in the room tonight. I got to go sleep in the couch because I've got bad, 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 bad gas. I'm going to kill you tonight if you're in the same room with me. Run for your life. Now, somebody in the back was, was really, and the thing about it is it's females, and sometimes females have stealth bombing skills. It's stealth bombing. There's no noise to there. It's like slowly creeps out from under, comes up in a thing, and then bam. Uh, uh, uh. It, it, it's not like a man, you know, the boo. It's... Boom, you're dead. You're just dead. The only thing to compare with that is the smell of a cat having that. It's terrible. So I pulled over. I said, what's going on? <laughs> I did. I pulled over. I, you won't believe I did this, but I did. I, I pulled over. I said, what's going on? They're all like, I said, somebody's got gas back here. You're killing me right now. Who is it? They're all laughing as hard as they can, and they're all, not me, not me, not me, not me. Well, that's four people. I'm the only one left, and I know I don't have it. So I said, you want to use lying? They lied all the way. Divine intelligence. Divine intelligence, brother. Glory to God. Huh? Without the word of God, you're never going to become mature. That's why he said you need the milk. Some of you skip milk and understand what happens when you skip milk. There are certain aminos and certain vitamins and certain uh, powerful immunity things that come in the milk of a mother. And when you have taken that milk as a child, you get that and it protects you from all kinds of stuff that you don't have when you're just drinking out of a can or something. 
But when you're in there getting that, that that's life in there. That, that, that's giving you life. You need the milk of the word of God. And some of you skip that. It's like skipping first grade, like not learning how to add. And then you go to bread and then you go to meat. You can't just start eating meat when you have no teeth. That's why some of you don't understand what you're doing in your walk with God. And that's why some of you are unhappy. That's why some of you have depression. That's why some of you act like you're totally unsaved in your emotions and what comes out of your mouth. Because you have not yet ever begun your relationship with the word of God. The Bible is something a preacher talks about. It's not something you actually have an active relationship. But understand what I'm telling you, that the devil is going to take you out. If you are not inside this word of God and it is inside of you, you have got to memorize it. You have got to meditate on it. You've got to learn how to dig the gold out of there and how to dig the life out of there. Or else something in your life is going to devour you and prepare you like a piece of steak for your predators to devour you. Give somebody a high five and say, oh, Jesus. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks in a mirror and at his natural face. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently with focus and the ability to remember and write down what he sees, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, that having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in the things that he does. So here is the word of God is a mirror. Understand that you need a mirror because you have blind spots. When you look at the word of God, your blind spots, all of a sudden you can see them. And what is worse than being married to or in a relationship with someone who is totally blind to everything they're doing that's hurting everybody. Because if you tell them you do this, you do that. No, I didn't. I don't receive that. No, I don't do that. That's not what I do. No, I don't do that. Well, they say you did. They say you did. They say you did. They say you did. And I say you do. Nope. You're all wrong. Everybody's wrong. Yeah, you're all wrong. I don't do that. But when you look at the mirror with an open heart, then the mirror shows you who you are away from God and shows you who you are in God. And you've got to see both images of yourself because if you don't, one of those things is going to destroy you that you do not see. The word of God is your mirror. It will not lie to you. So when the preacher preaches the word of God, be careful not to reject that word because it's something you don't like. If it's coming from the Bible spoken in love, you might consider thinking about it. Praise the Lord. If a preacher has the guts to tell you don't, don't get drunk, it's something to consider. If he has to visit you in jail, it's too late. You should have thought about it before. And, of course, a good preacher will go get you out of jail. Yes. 
Come on, brother. Praise the Lord. I've had to do that to friends of mine. I've had to go and get them out of jail. I had to go get one guy out of a, out of a bar. And I'd gotten him out many times out of different things. He had a wife with five children. And periodically he'd get drunk. So this time, I wasn't, you know, I was still young. I was about 20. And I went in there. And he's in there. And he's drunk. And he starts, you know, cussing and saying all that. You're here to get me. The wife, oh, you're going to get me. And other things like that. But then he hit me. Hit me right in the face. I said, now, brother, I love you. I feel a lot of love for you right now. But if you hit me again, I'm just going to knock you out. <laughs> Boom, he hit me again, and I knocked him out. <laughs> threw him over my shoulder, threw him in the back of the car, felt perfect love the whole time. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. It's what I did. I don't recommend it, but... I didn't get in trouble for it. I threw him on the porch. I said, don't call me again. And the wife left him with all five kids. Because he would not look in the mirror and see the monsters inside of him that needed killing, not cultivating. Praise the Lord. Look at two people behind you and say, could I have $50? Just look at two of them. Say, could I have 50? Just $50? $50. There's hardly ever a service that someone doesn't walk up to me and gives me $100. <laughs> so there you go. That might be why I do it. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and enduring word of God. So the word of God then is seed. And you need seed because seed is all about harvest. Inside every seed is every component of what that seed will become. All elements of what that seed will become are inside that little tiny seed. So the word of God is like you taking a destiny and putting it inside you in the form of a seed, watering that word and, and letting the sun shine on that word and then it comes up and pretty soon you are living in a destiny that only you could only dream about when it was a seed. The same with a business, the same with health, the same with anything. It comes in the form of a seed. The word of God is a seed and God sows it into you when you go to church, when you read your Bible, whenever you expose yourself to the word of God, seed is going out. Right now, I am a sower. I am sowing seed out into the atmosphere of all of you. You're either receiving the seed or you have put on your armor to deflect the seed or you have put on your boxing gloves to resist the seed and knock it out of the church when it comes your way. Or you have opened your heart and ripped it open and said, here, Lord, plant it right here. Put all the seed in here so that in five years I have a destiny that I did not have before because of the amazing seed that was sown in my heart at that time. 
Just like Pastor said, the seed was sown in him as a young Christian man when he got saved. He got those seeds in there, and they grew in there, and now look at this. I'm sure at the first, he didn't know if he was going to make it. But the more seed that people put in him, he's, he just started, his inner man started getting bigger and 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 bigger. Because understand, he was just a drug addict. He was a drug, is that right? I don't want to put anything on. So he was a drug addict. For you drug addicts, he was a drug addict. But he's the pastor now. He's the pastor now of a giant church that's about to get bigger, that's about to reach thousands of people. Turn me up. Thousands of people all over Alaska. They're going to be coming from everywhere to go to church. They're going to drive two hours to come to church. They're going to say, let's go. We got to go over there to Wasilla. We got to get in that Holy Ghost service where we got that preacher that yells and screams, bald-headed and full of the Holy Ghost, big muzzle. That guy. Secede. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Every word of God that is alive is a prophetic word. My suggestion to you is that you start in the book of Genesis, read it, and whenever you see something, that literally jumps out like a fire. It's alive. It just jumps out at you. You go, wow. Mark it down. That is one of your prophetic verses. Go all the way to Revelation. At the, at the end of Revelation, you will have between 300 to 700 verses. These are your prophetic verses from God assigned to you to memorize, which are responsible for redefining your insides about you. When you're done with those three to 700 verses, memorizing them and doing everything that I'll teach you on Wednesday to do with them, they will then become a living part of the new you and the new identity that God is going to give you. And your past will have nothing to do with your future because you're the word of God, the prophetic word that said the prophetic word will be living on the inside of you. Second Peter 1.19. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and the drippings of the honeycomb, moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping of them there is great reward. So the word of God, when it is alive, the way you know your Bible is unlocked is when you read it, you feel the sweetness of God from what you're reading. It comes to life and sweetness enters your life and you feel the sweet spirit of God on the inside of you. And you just feel the sweet presence of God from that word. That word softens your heart and takes the calluses out. This is why you need sweetness. Because some of us are so hard-hearted that if somebody died in front of us, we would just keep going. Because understand that the majority of Christians have been so hurt now that they avoid any hurt wherever it is and in whomever it is. Which is the perfect recipe to become like Satan, which is indifferent. The handprint of Satan on your life is indifference. 
The handprint of God on your life is compassion or the ability to feel other people's pain. If you don't care about anybody but yourself, you're already like the devil. If you don't even care about your children. I mean, if you can look inside the faces of your little children and not care that you're smoking pot and watching pornography, paying Satan, tithing to Satan, sending demons to them while they're sleeping, you may not be saved. You may just be religious. Holla, holla. Didn't feel the love on that. I'm back here, Lord, again. It's me and you having a conversation again. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb because you need to be tenderhearted. You need to look across the aisle at your enemy and feel compassion. You need to look across the family tree to your mother-in-law and feel the compassion. You need to look into your past at all those that have hurt you and feel the compassion of God because you know unless they change, they're going to hell. And no Christian, no real Christian, no genuine, authentic Christian wants anyone to go to hell. No one would want to see someone burn for all eternity in agonizing pain. No one, no Christian would want that. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Look at three people right now and say, I want to have light in my life. I want to have the lamp on my path and my direction. Everything about our lives has to be in the light. Light, there are nine realms of light. The worst being uh, the outer darkness. And the opposite of, of the outer darkness is the manifest Shekinah light of the glory of God. So on one side you have outer darkness and on the other side you have the Shekinah glory of God. The Bible can lead you to all levels of light. Whatever level you need, the, the, the Bible will lead you to that level of light. There is no fear in light. The way you know you're in the darkness is you have fear in your life. Fear is the presence of a dark thing. Let me say it a different way. No Christians are supposed to have fear. So as you walk in the light, your fears leave. As you stay in the light, they don't come back. And then as you spread the light, you become a warrior of light. Light doesn't approach you anymore because your light is too bright for the darkness to even approach. This is why darkness was afraid of Jesus. Because wherever Jesus showed up, the demons would begin to scream. Because he was the perfect manifestation of total perfect light. And whenever darkness meets perfect light, it begins to scream in terror itself. 
when you carry the word of God inside you, you are you're carrying the light bulbs, the literal giant lights of God inside of you. And you can walk in a room and demons can start screaming out of people because of the level of light that's inside you. And they see the light that others are blinded to by living on this human level. But the demons can see the light that is on you. And they will begin to freak out and come out of people because of the light that you're standing in and the glory of God that's on you. Or you can have so much darkness on you that all demons attach themselves to you and you become a carrier of demons everywhere you go, passing them on to innocent people. Without the word of God, all you're guaranteed is darkness and fear. So understand, if you are tormented by fear, it is because you're in darkness. If you have anxiety attacks, it's because darkness is prophesying to you. The voice of darkness is in your head telling you these terrible things are going to happen. Because remember what fear is. Fear is faith in Satan's promises. So fear is faith in Satan's promises. You cannot have fear without a demonic promise entering your mind. That lump, you're going to die. Ooh, that ache in your left shoulder, your arm's going to fall off. Oh, your husband's not home yet. He's off with some woman. Who? what's that noise? Wake up, honey. I hear something. I think somebody's breaking in the house. I think they're eating the children. Because remember that fear becomes unreasonable when it gets to the levels where it cannot be measured. Unlimited fear as unlimited faith is not reasonable. One produces death and destruction and the other produces life and blessings. You're allowed to have unreasonable, unlimited faith, but you're not allowed to have unreasonable, unlimited fear because fear will turn you into a predator. Out of self-preservation, you will start attacking anything that makes you afraid. And in doing that, you will destroy the very sources of your healing and deliverance in the people that love you. Too much? Are we okay? All right. Look at a couple of people and say, all right, how about 25 bucks? Praise the Lord. How about 25 bucks? 25 bucks? Four of you giving me 25? It could be good. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word. So here's the word of God as soap. How many of you have ever done anything dirty? Three people. Amazing. Wow. Praise the Lord. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm in the presence of holiness. <laughs> you all are so holy, you're just glowing. A light is shooting out of your face. What am I doing up here? You should be up here, you glower. You holy person that has never done anything that I. Or you're lying. Another level. So, we need to be cleaned because as there are many levels of dirt, filth, and uncleanness, we need to be washed. When you feel guilty and ashamed of something, go to the Word. Because the Word will wash that guilt and shame out of you. 
it will take it out of your mind where you don't feel like God's going to kill you or God hates you or God is going to destroy you or God is going to burn your house down because of whatever you did, because that's your guilty conscience. And that is what happens when you're not in the word is you are allowed to be touched by unclean things and you become defiled on the inside. Defiled people cannot walk in the ministry of God, the anointings of God, the power of God. Whatever great things they get in the realm of the supernatural, they get those before uh, they become unclean. They're in a holy time when they get it. And then they become unclean and still manifest those things. And that's where Jesus says, I never knew you, workers of iniquity. And they say, didn't we do miracles in your name, prophesy in your name and do all this? Yes, but you, I didn't know you. Think about it. The word of God cleans your brain. So say it out loud. No nightmares for me. No unclean dreams for me. My mind will produce holy things. My mind will not have any of Satan's eggs laid in my head. I curse those eggs, those serpents of Satan, that they die out of my brain and out of my mind in the name of Jesus. Now, everybody stand up and turn around three times. Give somebody a high five. Grab their wallet and run for your life. Praise God. All right, all right, all right. Sit down, sit down. Isaiah 55, for as the rain and as the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which comes down forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter which I have sent it to do. So the word of God becomes rain in your life and it becomes the source of accomplishing everything that you want and need for your life. Praise the Lord. If you read about anybody that's ever been healed, most of those people, not all, but most of those people got on a Bible word diet. They began to eat the word. And they memorized all the healing verses and then spoke them and prayed them and fasted and then God healed them. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Praise the Lord. The word of God has power to make things come true. When you have it in you and speak it out, then you send it out into the atmosphere. Because some of you have been given a gift of language or communication or persuasion the ability to persuade people to believe a certain way. It is a gift. What happens is you speak the words, then God puts the spirit of healing in the language, and when the people hear it, they get healed instantly from whatever trouble they may have because that's in the language. You can do that when you write. You can do that when you sing. You can do that when you talk, if you have that. But what happens is the more of the word you have inside you, the more of that begins to happen. 
And pretty soon, people want to hear what you have to say. Praise God. Look at that person next to you and say, do you want to hear what I have to say? Look at him one more time. Say, I got something to say. Say, I got something to say. I need you. Say it. I need you to pay off my car right there on Monday. Pay it off. Come on. Come on. I got to get something out of this service. This is so boring. Look at six people around you and say, I'll take $10 from each. The word of God is a sword. It tells us in Ephesians 6.19. The word of God is a sword. And how many of you know that without a sword, you cannot defeat an enemy who has a sword? Your sword has two edges. One is to defeat your enemies and one is to defeat you. And you've got to learn both of them. With one, you cut the head off of your enemy. With the other one, you cut off the head of your old man. Either way, you keep both of them defeated. That's why you have to have the word in you. If you don't have the word in you, you have nothing to defeat the enemy with and nothing to defeat yourself with. And if you don't know this, you have an old you. He's called the old man. Ask the person next to you, where's your, where's your old man? Give him a high five. Say, hey, where's your old man? However, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, what you must not do is keep your old man on life support. You cannot just use the old man whenever you need him. You want to cuss somebody out, but the new you can't do it. So you say, hey, I can't do it, but you can. Get up and go. And then come back and I'll blame you. It's like some of us keep our old man alive in order to assassinate people whenever we need to assassinate them. The thing about the old man is he's not partial to who he attacks. He will actually turn on you. And that's why you need your sword. Because when he rises up, you got to take his head off and crucify him and saying, that's where you're staying. I'm not you. That's the old me, and that person is dead. I am a new creature. Old things are passed away. Everything has become new. I'm full of the Lord and Jesus, and I love everybody. I have a good heart and a clean heart, and I'm a blesser of people. Say it out loud, everybody. I'm a blesser of people. Say, I like blessing everybody. Red, yellow, black, and white. Say it out loud. I love everybody. Ah, come on. That's how you scream. Praise the Lord. I'm 28% Native American, so it comes out of me. I don't know why it just does. It always has. Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste. I already read that. Okay. 
Psalm 119.99. I have better understanding and deeper insight than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. Praise the Lord. You may be dumb today, but you are not going to stay dumb if you get the word of God inside you. There's coming a day when you're going to have so much wisdom and so much understanding. It's not that far away when everybody's going to say, what do you have to say? And then when you say it, they'll say, that's it. That's the mind of God. And you are going to have an entire new life and an entire new ministry. Even though right now you are too shy to even open your mouth. Because all your life you've been shut down, shut down, shut down, criticized, verbally abused, shut up, you're stupid, you're dumb, be quiet, don't say, we don't need to hear you, you dumb person. You've been cursed your whole life. Witchcraft has been spoken off you. And now the word of God is being spoken on you. And you're getting the power of God working in your life. And you're going to have, look at that, more understanding, deeper insight than all my teachers. That's where you're headed. Look at three people and say, I like that. I'm almost done. Say, I like that. Psalm 119.50, this is my comfort and consolation in my affliction that your word has revived me and given me life. You see, the word of God inside you will revive you and comfort you when nobody else can. But if you don't have a relationship with it, you'll be weeping in despair and depression and taking Prozac and getting high on whatever it is you get high on just to make it through the day when the Word of God is waiting for you right there. It will comfort you, bring you consolation in affliction, and the Word will revive you and give you life again. With the drugs, you're just going to get addicted. Let the Bible be your meth. Take it that often. Let it be your heroin. Let it be your cocaine. Give it the same service you gave that stuff. Yeah. Surrender like you did to that. Open yourself up like a flower to it like you did to that. Say ooh and ah to that. Give in to that. Let it go into your veins. Let the, let the word go into your veins deep inside. Let it calm everything down. Let it give you a high like nothing you've ever felt before. Let it give you the euphoria of heaven and of eternity that has nothing to do with your soul that so completely fills the black hole that is in your soul that no drug can ever fill without it making that hole bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you're a dead man. That was a little intense. <laughs> Last one, because of time. Proverbs 4, 20, 23. My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those that, who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and diligence. And above all that, you, you're, you're, you guard, for out of it flow the issues and springs of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, that's what I need. Health to all my flesh. When you put the Bible in your body, it automatically begins to heal something. The Word of God doesn't lie dormant. 
You activate it by meditation. I'll show you how to do that. You activate it, then begins to heal something. So anywhere you're sick, apply the word. Memorize, meditate, learn how to do that. You activate and it heals that area. So you could be totally done with loneliness within one day of taking the pills of the word of God if you properly understand how to open the Bible and unlock it. I'll show you that on Wednesday. Praise God. Look at three people and say, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody close your eyes and put on that music for me. I'm done with the preaching. Let me minister to you in the gifts and speak to you from God. Every eye is closed for a specific reason. The Bible will not reveal to you its secrets unless you become a spiritual person. Unless you become a being that has an anointing on you of the Holy Ghost. It is the power of the Holy Ghost that will help unlock the Bible and its life to you. At 17, a young girl gave me a Bible that changed my life. A chemistry teacher told me that I needed the power of the Holy Spirit in my life in order to overcome the temptations I was facing. I went home and found a book at a store and read about the fire and baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I found out that if I was to get baptized or immersed in the power of God, that he would give me a spirit language and that rivers of living water would begin to flow out of me. Rivers of love, joy, and peace. Rivers of wisdom, revelation, and the fear of God. Rivers of healing, miracles, compassion, and love. Holiness. The rivers would begin to flow out of me that I would be covered in the spirit of intercession, supplication, and the intimate presence of God would be with me 24 hours a day. And that I would be able to overcome temptation and sin. And when I got this spirit language and the fire of God and was baptized in passion, this is exactly what happened and it has not stopped now for 46 years. I'm more passionate now than I ever have been. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. If you do not have a spirit language in your life, if you do not if the Spirit of God does not come out of your mouth in prayer like that, if you cannot just stop at any time, anywhere, and start praying in the Holy Ghost, then you are plugged up you are spiritually constipated. You're unable to release the free flow of the living waters of God that are inside you. There are some who do not believe in, in certain things but are baptized in the Holy Ghost and they don't know it, but they've actually been baptized. They just choose not to exercise their spirit language. But you can tell by the fruit of their life that they've already been 
had that experience happen. But you don't have to be like that because you would be like an elephant without a trunk. You can drink water, but it's very difficult. Whereas if you have your trunk, you could just drink the river and then pour it on everybody. So here's my question. Every eye is closed. If you are here today and you want the power of God in your life, but you say, Ivan, I don't have power like that. And I don't have a spirit language. But I'd love to have a spirit language that prays for me perfect prayers that God always answers. If that's you, if you say, I want that gift, I want God to give me that, all I want you to do is lift your hand right there where you're at. Lift it high enough for me to see. Say, I, don't, I want everything that God has for me. Look at all the hands going up right now. So many people are crying out right now for the Holy Ghost to come on their life. Now, everybody lifting your hand, you need to stand up right there where you're at for a moment. Just stand up, and you're going to get this gift from God right now. You're going to get this gift. It's going to change your life. You say, I want that. I want that power in my life. I want to have that beautiful spirit language in my life. So many of you are standing up. And I'm hearing the Lord tell me there's 15 people that are sitting down, but you want to stand up, but you've never been too brave. You might have the spirit of cowardice on you. And this is one time where you cannot surrender to your fear. You must surrender to the clarity of God's word that has come your way. So if you're one of those 15, I need you to stand up right now. I need you to get up. You need to get up. You need to force yourself up. There you go. That's three. That's four. That's five. That's six. That's seven. That's eight. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Now, Think about what I just said. We're not playing a game. This is not notches on my gun. This is God loving you. If you had a son or a daughter, would you not fully equip them to deal with whatever's going to come against them? And getting you, the power of God in your life will do exactly that. But this is no time to be a coward. This is the time to be brave and bold. Claim what is yours. And do not walk out of this building without it. That's got to be your attitude. Take your first step. Get out of that chair right now. Get out of that seat and come on up here to the front so I can look in your eyes when I, when I speak to you. Come on. Give them a hand as they're coming. Come on. Come on. Anybody that doesn't have that, come on up here. Walk right out of there. I want you to clap like your mother's coming up here right now. As they're coming, let me ask this next question. If you're sitting out there and you have received the baptism of fire, of the Holy Spirit, but you only have a couple of words, this is not what God promised you. He said that out of your belly would flow rivers. 
He didn't promise you la 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 la. He didn't promise you that. He promised you river salber contraba sadriva river sambro corria treve flowing out gelacarde flowing out. My eyes are not rolling in my head. I'm not freaking out. Nothing weird is happening. It's the devil's job to demonize God's gifts so that you're too afraid to receive them. Anything that comes from God is beautiful. There is no ugliness in God, so anything he gives you is beautiful. Praise the Lord. Look at the person next to you and say, I believe he's talking to you. Praise God. All of you, extend your hands towards these folks. Say these words, in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost in all of its power and in all of its manifestations. Pray in your spirit language like a machine gun and be endued with power from on high. Praise God. Now, all of you, listen to me on this. Not the time to be shy. This is the time to believe these things. Do you believe God loves you? Do you believe that God would give you anything bad for you? The Bible says Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does it, not me. I have nothing to offer you. Jesus is the one doing it. Can you trust him? The Bible says if you ask, what happens? If you seek and if you knock, how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? That's exactly what it says. Out of your belly, put your hands right here. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So the river's coming out of here, not out of here. You're not going to hear anything up here. You're not going to go. No, it's coming out of here. And the way you open the faucet is move your tongue. Why? Because you asked God for the gift. He gave you the gift and it's coming out of your belly. Right out of here. Limbra, sadro, gorraba, just like that. Coming right out of there. Jimbra, it's not going to possess you. It's not going to take you over. It's not going to grab your tongue. It's not going to make you say anything. God can never take control over your free will. He would never do it. Only the devil does that. So you have to, by faith, activate and let the language of the Spirit come out of you. Praise the Lord. But I'm even going to help you with that. But here's what you got to do. Lift your hands up to God. This is a sign of surrender and a sign of victory. If you have a football team and they win the Super Bowl, your hands go up in victory. If somebody puts a gun to your back, your hands go up in surrender. So when you lift your hands, it's not a religious thing. It's a surrender thing. And it's a victory thing. You're telling God, I surrender, I will not resist. And I already have the victory. That's what you're saying when you lift your hand. So instead of looking like you're measuring something like... No, look like you're worshiping somebody. You're worshiping somebody. You're not hands like this, like this is some magic thing. We, we lift our hands. No, it's what you do when you have victory. You just lift your hands. Lifting your hands is very human and natural. But you do it to God. Say, God, I surrender. I worship you. I have the victory. Not. Do you understand me now? Okay, so put your hands down. Give him a hand for part one. Okay, two.
This is a vocal miracle. It's a vocal miracle, therefore it must come out of your mouth. Therefore you must move your mouth. You cannot keep your mouth still. Remember, God's not going to make you say anything. You open the faucet, then God takes over because you're given permission when you activate something. Praise the Lord. He takes over. It comes out of there. You can't just... Nothing is going to happen. And if you want something like that, you came to the wrong God because he only moves after you give him permission. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost is about to come on you. Stretch your hands over to me like that. Here's what I'm going to say. When I say, and I'm in front of you, and I say, receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus, I want you to say, I receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Say it. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Say it. Receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now lift your hands again. Church, lift your hands. In as loud a voice as you can, with still with respect in it, I want you to look up and tell God how great and amazing he is. On the count of three. One, two, three. Everybody tell him. Praise you, God. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, God. You are amazing. You are fantastic. Thank you, Almighty God. Praise your name. Glory to your name. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. Look up there. I love you, God. Look at God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay. Okay. Everybody give him a hand. Part two. That went great. Why did you do that? Because the Bible says, Psalm 22, God inhabits the praises of his people. The word inhabit means to build a throne and sit on it. So when you praise God, he comes down on you and sits upon you. And that's what you want. Praise the Lord. And I wanted you to do it out loud. Whispering is not the way to do it today, right here. You must open the faucet and be bold and brave and get your blessing and blow it out of there and let it come out. Are you ready? Here's what you're going to do. Watch me. So I'm going to say, let's praise the Lord. We'll all lift our hands. Don't do it now. Watch me. Praise you, God. Thank you. Sincerity. That's what makes it work. Glory to your name. Praise you, Jesus. I love you, God. Then I'm going to go one, two, three, just to have a jumping off point. You're going to jump off the cliff. And then I'll say, one, two, three, and then no more English. No more English. Out of your belly. It's You start, but God will take over. Now your mind will say, dumb, 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 stupid, 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 stupid. Dumb, 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 dumb. Because your mind, the Bible says, cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to the natural mind. This is not a mental miracle. This is a faith miracle. You have got to believe that if you ask him, that he will give you what you ask for. Praise the Lord. This is not for your, for your intellect right now. This is for your faith. And faith is from the heart, not from the head. Praise the Lord. Is everybody ready? I have prayed for you to receive the Holy Ghost. You have received it. Now it's time to let the river out. Do not stop talking until I tell you and do it loudly and it's going to blow out of there. Are you all ready? Everybody lift your hands. Let's praise him in English for a little bit. One, two, three. Let it out, everybody. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. 
Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Get ready, everybody. One, two, three. Everybody let it out of there. Shalabarotata. Kerele berundi di vishada. Roba la basadre goriade. Korrabase. Just let it out. Bypass your mind. Borro re roma sige. Corrota rivi rindiria sobra. Rodoriva sobrodiri kitelela curumbria. Sobra daraba. Beautiful. Beautiful children. Beautiful. That's it. Let it out of there. Boom. Great. 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 Way to go. 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 Woo. These children are full of the Holy Ghost. Let it out. Move that mouth boldly. Blow past that unbelief. Blow past that unbelief. All right, let's put our hands down. Everybody give them a hand. Praise the Lord. Turn around if you would. Everybody extend your hands towards them. Say this prayer over them. In the name of Jesus, what God has blessed you with, you will not lose and it cannot be stolen. It belongs to you for the rest of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them a hand and go sit down. Let's praise God. Wow. Keep my music going over there. Keep that same song going. Praise God. Now, give me a few more minutes to minister to you some more. I felt that was a necessary thing. Look at how many people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's a whole new set of prayer warriors. And if you guys will go home and every day just get on your knees while you're driving in the car, I'll pray in the Holy Ghost sometimes four hours just driving in the car. Even when I'm like here, I'll get in my car and I might drive around for two hours around town praying in the Holy Ghost. Because I have developed the habit of prayer driving. It's become a habit. Where I was in Colorado, where I live, 10 minutes away, I have elk herds. And I would just go out there every day and just go and pray, just driving around. It's just a habit. And now I just do it every day. It's also a beautiful thing to be filled with the love of God and with the presence of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. I want you to close your eyes now and let me minister to some people. Close your eyes and pray for people right now, right there. Specifically, I want to pray for those of you that have had suicidal tendencies coming upon you. I want you to raise your hand if you have had those suicidal feelings and thoughts and raise it up high because that is going to end for you. But I'm hearing the Holy Ghost tell me this. I see your hands now. I see your hands going up. I see your hands going up. I see your hands going up. We're going to end that. We're going to end that for you. We're going to end that for you. Now stand up, all of you lifting your hands. Stand up and let me minister to you right now. Stand to your feet. Expose it. Expose it. Expose it. Suicide is satanic and of the devil. And it can be broken. Let's have a prayer 
team person, go and stand next to everybody standing. Could you assign that to somebody, Pastor? Just go stand next to them. That's all I want you to do. Just stand next to them. Help me out here for a minute. Praise the Lord. Just stand next to them. And all of you that are sitting down, extend your hands to one of these that are standing up. Praise the Lord. Say these words to me, with me. Say these words with me in the name of Jesus. Turn that down a little bit. I renounce Satan's voice. I will live and not die. I will love life because God will heal me and deliver me and break the power of Satan over me. I will never commit suicide. Instead, I will commit life and live it well. From this moment on, I will be alive and not dead. I will want to live and have many reasons to live in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't sit down, those of you getting prayer, but the others of you that are praying, walk away from them right now if you would so that I can see them. Thank you for helping me on that. Everybody standing, remain standing. And let's begin to pray for them as I minister to them, okay? The gentleman in the far back with the black hat, everybody extend your hands over there. And can someone get a microphone and walk over to that gentleman? I don't want to say the name wrong over and over. Just walk over there and ask that man his name. Okay? Everybody extend your hands over there. Tell me your name, sir. Jesus. Okay. And that's for the tape so that you can get it afterwards. Okay? Now hear me. God is healing you of abandonment. Now you got to be understand what I'm telling you. Everything you've done that has destroyed you and that is trying to destroy you, we are all corporately together with our faith and power setting you free of that. Satan wants to kill you, but God wants to make you a great man of God. But you have to forgive yourself. And you have to forgive those that have wounded you and hurt you and that have ripped your soul open. Your soul is leaking. That's why you don't want to live sometimes is because you're empty. But God is about to refill you right now. Everybody stretch your hands out there. Lift your hands up. Now, Lord, I ask you to fill this man with your spirit and with your life. And let three things happen. Change the inner culture of his heart. Give him new friends. And let him forgive himself. The Lord says to you, My son, I have already forgiven you. I have nothing against you except that I want to love and bless you. Let me do it. That's what the Lord is telling you. And if you will do it within 90 days of today, you will not recognize yourself when you look in the mirror. You're going to have a supernatural transformation. Let's all praise God about that and say thank you, Jesus.
Come on, everybody. Say, praise God. Sit down, Jesus. Pray. Not everybody. Not everybody. Just him. You all keep standing. Keep standing. I'm not done with you. Praise God. I'm going to minister to you. Uh, let's go right over here to this gal right there and get her name, if you would. Tell me your name and how old you are. Tell me her name because I didn't hear it. Her name is Ryan and she's 14. Ryan and she's 14. Extend your hands over there. Ryan, look at me. We have never met. Somebody did something to you, Ryan, and God is going to heal you of it right now. That which was done to you should not have been done. You should have been cherished and appreciated. But hear my words right now. Though devils have been around you, they are not going to be around you anymore. God is cleaning out your mind and cleaning out your heart of the spirit of death that has entered your soul. All of us together now, drive the spirit of death out of your home and out of your life and out of all the people that have mocked you, ridiculed you, verbally abused you, physically abused you, and rejected you. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I now pronounce the blessing of God, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that has had victory over you will have victory over you in the future. And all the negative things spoken to you are being destroyed by the power of the blood of the Lamb. If you will trust God, and what he wants to do for you. God is going to give you new friends within two weeks. And they're going to help you walk in the power and faith of the Holy Spirit. You should be cherished all the days of your life. And God is telling me to tell you, he is sending people whose only goal in their life will be to love you. And you're going to look like a star shining in the heaven instead of a trash can that's been stepped on. God loves you without any conditions, and he has given you the gift of music. He's putting it inside of you. Within five years of this day, it will start coming out. And you're going to have a beautiful voice and a beautiful gift, and you will heal many people when you're an older woman. You will be very wealthy and give a lot of money to orphans and to the poor. This is your destiny. Aim for it. Run at it. Because God is going to do it for you. Can everybody praise God a little bit? Say, dear God. Say, dear Jesus. Thank you, God. I love the Holy Ghost. I love everything about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves people. And he knows how to love people. Let's minister to this gal. Come and ask her name, if you would. Carol. Carol. Let's all just move over our hands to Carol. Three things, Carol. Let's get rid of loneliness on you right now. Praise the Lord. Let's get rid of that. Because loneliness has built an altar around your mind, and it has recruited a choir. And it is with you day and night, singing its songs to you. It's time for you to be possessed by the presence of Almighty God. 
Psalm 31:20 says that the Lord will hide you in his presence and keep you safe from lying words. Lying words. You see, you have a liar in your head. And I am driving him out of there right now. In the name of Jesus, I am killing him right now. I am destroying those lying voices that says nobody needs you. You're not of any value to anybody. If you died, nobody would even care. There's no one around that cares about you. They're all lies. You have no gifts. You're not worth anything. You've lost everybody you love. All these things, all of these things are lies, and there's a nest of them. And I can see them right now as I look at you. There's a nest of lies. But we have the power to crush that nest and destroy it. So everybody take your sword. And we crush those lies in your head. And I want to tell you that you are the treasured, priceless gift of God to many people. Just who you are makes people feel good about themselves. You have many gifts inside you that you cannot see. You have the gift of mercy. You have the gift of kindness. You have the gift of compassion. And though you've never operated in it, you have the gift of healing. And God is going to let you do all those things before you go to heaven. But you're not going anytime soon. You have time to fulfill your destiny. Your time is not over. Your time is just beginning. Can everybody say praise God? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, everybody. Let's bless God a little bit. Say, thank you, Lord. Say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for a little girl right here. Lola. I like that, that name, Lola. And Lola, have you had those thoughts in your mind? How long have you had them? Okay. Well, you shouldn't have those thoughts. And we have the power to stop those thoughts so you never have them again. I'm going to get the pastor to come over there and she's going to lay hands on your head. And they're going to go away. Praise the Lord. Now hear my words on this. Everybody extend your hands. If you can't have compassion on a child, you're definitely not saved. Children are the face of God revealed here on earth. And the innocence of the heart of God. But for a child to be invaded with something like this means three things. One, a curse is upon the child. And two, there's been abuse. And three, there's exposure to dark spirits. All of these are breaking right now. Pastor has her hand on there. And so let's do it right now. We break all of the curses upon Lola in the name of Jesus. We destroy in the name of Jesus all abuse in her soul or spirit. And we block, we block all demonic activity around her soul or her spirit. Lola is going to be very intelligent. She's going to be a writer. 
of children's books. She is also going to rescue many orphans in her lifetime and travel all over the world. She'll be a beautiful musician. She'll play the piano. And she will grow up and marry a very rich man <laughs> that is going to love her so perfectly that she can do no wrong. Some of you will see it because you'll still be alive and others will see it from heaven. But it will come to pass. I'm not practicing. And I know what I'm talking about. This is very genuinely real and it's going to happen in her life. God is putting a new spirit on her for the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, and the gift of faith that will operate. The gift of word of knowledge will also operate. And she'll stand in front of thousands of people declaring the wonders and mysteries of God. Let's all receive it for ourselves and say, praise God. Hallelujah. I wish you had said that to me. Amen. Good girl. So we have, is that it? Are, are you standing? Who's left? Oh, we got more people standing? Okay. Who? Oh, yeah, let's go. Mary Jane. Okay, all right. Great. Let's extend our hands over there to her. Let me tell you the first thing. The, the Lord Jesus, Saglor Midigdrevi, Kelgur Nibiriatsi, Korem Birivasi, Jejual Maraquan, Gikleg Legomur, Eflavli Gumurinzi, Klaquadza Bardovij, Elfel Mardovilulian Dibiligdavri, you are my river that has been clogged up. You are my well that has been stopped up. But now I have come you're delivered. I'm removing the rocks and the dam that Satan has built around your soul so that the water can flow again. Others have stepped into the water and made it dirty. Others have claimed this river and said, you're mine. You belong to me. You will do what I say. But I now come, your Lord, your Savior, and your deliverer. I am taking possession of you, my daughter, I am taking possession of the river inside you. I am taking possession of your future. And no one shall by any means hurt you or harm you ever again. Those that have transferred their violence to you are now shrinking inside you. And the pain of that is shrinking inside you. For I am a doctor. I bring medicine in my hands. My name is healing. My name is like ointment poured forth. And therefore the virgins love that name because it brings healing. My wings are spread out and I will pick you up and take you to the place where all things are made well in your life. You're afraid that you cannot do it. You're afraid that you cannot be it. You're afraid that you cannot become it. Do nothing but lean back on me. Let me sweep you off your feet 
and take you to my heaven. Let me take you to my hospital named love. Let me take you to the place where no one cries in hurt, pain, sorrow, and misery. Let me take you to the place where everybody dances automatically, where everybody sings eternally, where everybody has joy perpetually. Oh, my daughter, let me put my hand upon your heart and give you a brand new one. Let me take that tattered, broken, shattered, empty heart of yours and let me give you one that cannot break. Let me give you one that cannot weep in fear and sorrow and let me be your redeemer today. I take charge of you today. You are mine and nobody can ever take you from me again. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody praise God a little bit and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Get his name right here with a hat. Dylan. Dylan. Dylan, when no one else has confidence in you, God does. When no one believes in you, God does. When no one thinks you're going to amount to anybody, God does. You're going to be a great man. You're just going through a temporary slump. You're not broken. You're not diseased. You're just not clear. So God is cleaning the windows of your soul so you can see out. He's cleaning the windows of your mind so you can see your future. He's saying, I'll show you what to pick. I'll show you who to be. But anybody you pick, you will be able to be that person. Anything you want to do, you will be able to do it. Learn. Eat knowledge. Devour it. Become the smartest person in the whole entire world. I see you running corporations if you will obey this. I see you being a millionaire very early in life if you will do this. God is removing your broken compass. I have never said this to anybody. Your compass is broken. He's giving you one that's not. You will now know where north is, southeast, east, and west are. And you will never lose your way again. Be a mighty man of God. Live in the word of God. Eat the word of God. Be bold and brave. And do not be ashamed of Jesus. Preach Jesus and become a mighty minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, wow, I wish you would have said that to me. Praise God. Look at somebody. I wish you would have said that to me. Sit down, brother. Praise God. What about the little fella back there? What's your name? Caleb. Thank you, Caleb. You've had these thoughts, Caleb? How long have you been having them, bud? On and off. Lift your hands up like this, Caleb. Lift them up. Praise the Lord. That's who God made you to be. You will be a worshiper of God. You'll be famous for bringing in the presence of God to heal people. Your destiny is to be one of the great healers that has ever lived. 
From your pain shall be born revivals. From your heartaches shall be born answers to those with no answers. Those that are insane with confusion will have all that confusion go away with one phrase that you speak to them. I give you the gift of wisdom, Caleb. I impart to you the gift of wisdom that you even as a young man will have more wisdom than full-grown people. That there will be a great spirit of clarity and that all the lonelinesses of life and the abandonment and the rejections of life will not identify you or define you in your future. When you feel alone, do that. Lift your hands up, for this aloneness will only last for 90 more days. It will come and go, but every day it will get weaker until you no longer can remember that you ever had it. You will be vi vital, vibrant, powerful, anointed, insightful, perceptive, full of understanding, and you will walk in the fear of God. You will never get into drugs. You will get no one pregnant before you get married, and you will not violate women ever. You will cherish and count them sacred and be a protector of them. You will be drawn towards the military and different things in that form. But the Holy Ghost will anoint you and call you to be a preacher at one point. And you will not even hesitate. You will say, yes, Lord, because from this day to that day, you have been preparing. Let the fire of God now come upon you, Caleb, and be like Caleb, a mighty man of valor, who said to Joshua, I'm not done. I'm 84. Give me that mountain. I want that mountain. And he went and attacked the giants and drove them out and destroyed them. For you, Caleb, are a giant killer. That is what you are. Everybody stand your hands over there and say, you're a giant killer and a mighty man of war. Praise God. Come on, let's all praise God. Woo! Wow. Tell me your name there. And how old are you? 20. Juliana. Juliana. 20. How old? 20. Juliana, 20. Praise the Lord. What do you do? Do you work or do you have a family or what do you do? In a Christian house, and my mom is. Repeat everything she said, bro. She lives in Anchorage. She works with her brother. Oh, you don't live in Anchorage. Oh, lives in a Christian home. Okay. And, uh, she works with her brother. Great. You have other family members? Other brothers, other sisters? Mother, father? Mom, dad, two brothers, and a sister. Now listen to my words here, okay? Say her name again. Juliana. Juliana? I like that name. That's cool. Now hear my words. You're in a cage. You're in a cage and you cannot move. God is unlocking your cage. Flap your wings. Come on out. You really can fly. You really are amazing. You have art inside you. God is going to bring it out. You're very creative. 
All your gifts have creativity in them. Creativity always comes with gift of miracles because miracles create. You will have a gift of miracles for children, crooked spines, cancer, and asthma. And you will lay hands on them and they will recover. This is part of your destiny. I now release you from the cages of your mind and from the oppression of those stronger than you that have forced themselves. I break that off you today. Fly, because God has given you permission. Speak up. Be bold and brave from this day forward. In the name of Jesus. The cage is open. It's not your home. That's a jail. God has a place for you, and it has no cages, no doors. You're like a bird. You can go anywhere you want because God knows that you have the gift of harmlessness, the inability to break people's hearts, and that is your gift to the world. What a beautiful gift. I receive it for myself in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. God bless you. Wow, that was great. That's beautiful. Reach your hands over there to this gentleman and get, get the, his name, would you? Dustin. Dustin. How long have you been having those issues? Uh, about three or four months. I never have my whole life. And I just, I got a bad report from the doctor. And ever since then, he just, the devil's trying to torment me. And I've been fighting him, you know. Yes, sir. Well, we'll fight with you. Yes, sir. I, I, I agree with you. It's an attack. Yeah. It's not permanent. Yeah. It's not even who you are. Right. You're actually a very, very courageous man. And, but you can't do it alone, and you know that. I'm not telling you something you don't know, yes, but I'm just saying we're all here yeah. in order to help you. Just permanently get rid of the warfare based on a report. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. So what you need is five miracles. You need a miracle for your body. You need a miracle for your eyes, not naturally, but spiritually. And you need a miracle for your ears so that they hear what God says and not what the devil says. Then you need a miracle for your circumstances. And fifthly, you need a miracle for your entire family. Your gift from heaven is for your whole family to get all saved, all of them and filled with the Holy Ghost, and for you to see it, and for you to hear it, and for you to do it with them all together. This will be your gift for loving Jesus no matter what. Praise God. What a blessing. Everybody say, I received that for myself. Look at somebody and say, I just received that for myself. Oh, God of heaven, I received that for myself. So do warfare, everybody. Reach your hands out there, and I want you to, everybody at one time, Speak something wonderful you want to happen over him on three. One, two, three. We just bless you with the Spirit of God and the life of God and the blessings of God. We end the warfare and we silence the voice of Satan. We say you will live and not die and be a mighty man of faith and power. And you will not be restricted in your behavior or lifestyle by anything in your body. Because the Lord is your healer and your doctor. Everybody praise God and say hallelujah. Look at somebody and say praise the Lord. I'm about to hand it over to pastor. Let me mention to you, 
Oh, who? Oh, sorry, sweetie. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't see. We'll, we'll speak to you. Get her name and age and all that. I'm Pulotu and I'm 12, 11 years old. You're 11 years old. And how long have you been having? What? How long have you been having these thoughts? Since last year. Since, Since last, last year? year? They just started for no reason? Nothing happened? I didn't hear. Tell me what she said. A few years ago, something was done to me that was very wrong. Something was done to her very wrong, very wrong about a year ago. Okay. You need to be a little louder, bro, because I'm not. No, you say it. She, something happened to her over a year ago that wasn't good. Okay. Everybody stretch your hands out there. Praise the Lord. Now, hear my words on this. Okay. Hear my words on this. Your heart got damaged, but it's temporary. It won't stay that way. So we are going to heal you right now. And we're going to give you what you can't give yourself. And we're going to help you with what you cannot help yourself with. All of a sudden, you're going to wake up one day and sing and not be able to stop. Because you're going to be a singer. But right now, you have nothing to sing about because you have pain inside you. So, Lord, we just ministered to, our, to this young lady. And we bless her, God, from head to toe. We say... You will be protected from now on. God will restore you. And your mind will not go to dark places. But it will go where angels are. The Lord is assigning an angel of protection to you. And now I remove the demonic activity that has attached itself to you. And rebuke it off you. And God will heal your heart where the pain and resentment leave. Lord, we remove that from her soul and spirit in the name of Jesus. Let it be a sudden shock of the joy and life of God that comes back to her. Do not carry this. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And as you do that, all the wind of heaven will start refreshing you. In the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. Everybody say, we bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you tell somebody, I'm so glad I came to church. Praise God. I'm just glad I came to church. Um. We have about, looks like one, two, three, four, five, five children here. We're going to have more on Wednesday. 
Brother Ivan, we have one more. Hmm? Right over here in the middle. <laughs> now, I don't think you were standing, were you, bro? He was. You he were was. standing. Yeah, just. <laughs> You're just too old to keep standing all night long. Just, there's a point where you just can't keep standing. You got to say, man, I've had it. I'm sitting down. All right, I got you. What's the brother's name? My name is Edward. Edward. Let's go ahead and extend our hands towards Edward. And you've had these thoughts for a while, Edward? No, sir. Only time I have these thoughts is when I get mad at my wife and the, and the grandchildren. I say sometimes I'm going to commit suicide, which I should not do. So I'm saying now I'm not suicidal, but I always say it. So. And how long have you said those things? Oh, about a year now. That's all? You never said it before that? No. All right. All right. So how about we do this? Repeat this prayer with me. Can you repeat it with me? I'm going to say it, and then you repeat it. Everybody, say it with me. Say, Dear God, I forgive myself. I give myself another chance. I need your power. I need your strength. In Jesus' name, those lying thoughts, I cut them off from my life. No one will ever act like I want them to act. So I'm going to get over it. Whether they're good or bad, I'm going to stay good. Whether they obey or disobey, I'm going to stay good. Whether they respect or disrespect, I'm going to stay good. I now receive the spirit of divine contentment. And everything from my life that ever has happened to me that I have not dealt with, I deal with it now. I lay it at the feet of Jesus. I receive the mercy of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, and the forgiveness of Jesus. I am clean. I am forgiven. And I will no longer blame myself, accuse myself, or be guilty or ashamed in Jesus' name. I am free. Now I'm going to act like it. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody tell somebody, that was for you. So you needed that. So we have five orphans out there that need sponsors, $1 a day. And uh, there's five of them. So uh, let me have an usher come up here. Would five of you adopt these children, just whoever it is? Just raise your hand and they'll give them to you. Keep the card with the picture and then bring the other card to me. Don't take it home with you. But fill it out and give it to me here, and then I'll give you further instruction. And then we have the books, Letters from God for Children and Letters from God for Adults. Praise the Lord. Tomorrow is off. I'm eating giant shrimp that I'm catching, and many other wondrous events are happening before the creation of God. Tuesday, we're at Eagle River. Everybody come, because we're going to do more of this and flow in the Holy Ghost. Wednesday, we're back here for part three. Over there, we have a whole different thing. God bless, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Good job. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Give your best hand clap together for Jesus. Come on, thank him, Lord. Thank you. You're awesome. All right. Ushers, we're going to go ahead and receive the offering. If you would help us four different ways to give. If you put the slide up, you can give through the app. You can give online. You can write a check or you can text to give.
Pray and ask the Lord now what you should do. Just pray and ask him right now. Come on, just ask him. Lord, what do you want me to do tonight? If you get two numbers, the low one's from the devil. Let's be generous to our beloved brother. What a powerful service. Those of you online, I know you've been touched. Amen. Tuesday night, Eagle River. Minister Gill, come here quickly, please. Tell us how do we get to your location in Eagle River. Drive south. All right. North Eagle River exit. North Eagle River exit. Yes. Take a left. And at the light where you're looking at Fred Myers, right. take a right. And when you get to Midas, it's right after Midas, right there on the right. On the right-hand side. Yes. So, it's so the, the address is 12340 Old Glen Highway. One, One two, more time. 12340 Old Glen Highway. Very if good. you get to the light, there's a Tesoro, there's Taco Bell, you went too far Turn around. All right, that's the AIH building, and it's upstairs. There are some Second stairs floor. you got to get there, yeah. and uh, it's going to be amazing. It's Amen. What time great. is service Tuesday night? It is at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Thank you, Minister yeah. Gill, Rosie. Wonderful. You invite a friend. Ushers, would you come? You gave your heart to Jesus tonight. We're so glad that you have. You be sure to let one of my, my staff, one of the leaders, you can tell me, my wife, let somebody know. Continue to come back. If, uh, if you don't have a home church, you want to make this one your home. It's a great church. And God's pouring out His Spirit. He is. He's healing people, setting people free. What a joy to be here with you tonight. Praise the Lord. Be sure to stop off at the... Uh, at uh, Brother Ivan's table out there. Get one of his books. and All of that goes to help orphanages in uh, Guatemala. It's really a city. Maybe we can get them to tell us more about it. It's really a city. It's got a school. They have to have their own uh, police force really to protect it. It's within, within walls. They've been doing, uh, I think, well over 20, 25, 30 years, something like that there. And uh, they bring orphans in and they get them healed and whole and give them homes. They go through school, go off to university and become influential in society around the world. It's, it really is miraculous. It's amazing what they've done. It's a ministry that is uh, integrous, righteous, one of the most unique, blessed ones I know on the earth. So appreciate it. Put your hands together for Ivan Tate one more time. Ushers, would you come, please? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you. Glorify your holy name for what you've done. Thank you for bringing Brother Ivan. Thank you for the whole Tate clan. Thank you for the orphanage, Lord, there in Guatemala. Lord, the one in Africa that they are partners with as well. Thank you for all the programs that take place and all the, these ones that we just bless now. And thank you for the opportunity to partner with them that we can partake in their reward by sowing and giving tonight. We can partner with them. Even as it was over Cornelius, that his giving came up as a memorial before you. Lord, may it be like that. May it be like a memorial before you as you meet every one of their needs. Bless the gift and the giver even a hundredfold in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. I am standing on every promise that you make. I will see come to pass in your name you know what in me too name. i'm gonna stand 
Jesus, I will trust Come on, stand up. every word I hear you say. Make this declaration. I see it come to pass in your name. Come on, those in of you just got prayed for, declare it. I am standing. I am standing on every promise that you Your life will never be the same. I will see it come to pass come on. in your name. shine upon us lift up your countenance towards us lord be gracious to us keep us and give us peace god bless you tuesday night eagle river back here wednesday night seven o'clock have a beautiful monday we love you god's on the throne the devil has been defeated thank you for joining today's podcast if god is impacting your life through this ministry you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com also Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.